Hi, I'm your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to My Weirdest Experience Podcast. This is the podcast of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. It's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm here with Norman Plotkin. He is a clinical hypnotherapist, a coach and author, and a bunch of other cool things that he's going to share with us in a moment. And today he's going to be talking about some of his hypnotherapy stories and whatever else comes up that comes up. Right, Norman? That's right. Super glad to be here. And how fun, right? Got a million stories. Um, The big story is the path that life has led me down. You know, I, I went in the Marine Corps and then worked in the oil fields and then Worked in a rock plant like Fred Flintstone, making little rocks out of big rocks. And, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, my brother was killed in a car accident. And when I was 24, he was 22. And it was kind of a wake-up call. Um, and uh, I was in a hurry then on my way to law school. Started, walked on to a community college with 25,000 people, didn't know anybody. Got my associate degree in a year and a half. Plus did speech and debate and student government. And then... Transferred to the university here in Sacramento, which is, is like a nation state. The capital here is like the sixth or seventh largest economy in the world. And so first semester here, I got a job as a clerk in, in the legislature. And that started a 25-year career from clerk to lobbyist and uh, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff along the way there. Uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he was governor, he said, uh, politics is Hollywood for ugly people, but uh, it's, uh, you know, it was a, an amazing experience, but it's, you know, politics is dirty and it's a, it's a negative energy. It's a scarcity and, uh, and com- uh, conflict. And, and as a former Marine, I love the you know, campaigns and, you know, these and the public policy and stuff, but in the end, it made me sick. You know, it wasn't congruent with my, with my life's purpose or my, my energetic presence. And um, I ended up, I got sick, I had cancer, papillary carcinoma, which is thyroid cancer. They removed my thyroid and some lymph nodes and two rounds of radiation. And and of course, it's never just the cancer. My marriage uh, didn't survive that. And we were in business together. And so at first I tried to get back to normal. And before I realized that normal was what made me sick and so I went on a new adventure and teachers began to appear. And, you know, it's really hard. I grew up on a ranch and uh, I rode bulls and rodeo. And uh, it's really tough when you're sensitive. And I didn't know I was sensitive. And I lived in this really rough man's world and was a Marine. And, but I, had, I was confused by the feelings I had. And I would feel other people's feelings. And... Uh, you know, I'll never forget an, an early experience 
I grew up on 10 acres and there was a creek that ran through it. We had a pond and as a kid, I'd fish up and down that creek, but there was one spot on that creek and there were some Indian grindstones there. And you don't, it's just the hair on the back of my neck would stand up and uh, you don't fish there. Just move through that part of the creek very quickly. So, and I reflected back on that and I realized my earliest uh, experiences of my sensitivities. And uh, so my whole life I've seen, I've heard, I've felt, I've tasted. Um, when I, right after my uh, cancer experience, my there were four friends. I was one of four friends in high school that we played football. We did everything together. And one of them, Greg, was killed, hit by a car, tragic. And I went down, uh, and I hadn't seen a lot of these people in many years. I sat next to somebody. I didn't. Re- it was Tim Shanahan. I didn't even realize. And I, I looked over. I saw another friend. So I got. I got there late, and I was rushed, and uh, it had already started. And his service and so I sat down I moved to by some other friends and wasn't really prepared for anything but to just attend my friend's friend's funeral and so the pastor got through with his bit and said the family would like someone to say a few words Norman and I'm like (laughs) oh uh okay uh I'd had four hours four and a half hours drive time from Sacramento to Bakersfield to to think about him. And so, you know, my old speech and debate days came in. I, I quickly formulated three stories in my mind uh, with a unifying theme. And one was, you know, varsity baseball, somebody had given me some pills. I thought they were uppers and they were downers. And I was like, next thing I know, I'm in the locker room. I don't know where to go. And I, he comes running back. I'm the last one. Nobody's there. And he comes running back and get me and take me out. And I didn't play, but but at least I showed up. I didn't get stuck in the locker room. Uh, another time um, in the football huddle, he was first string. I was second string and we, they'd run up the score and I got to be running back and we're close to the goal line. And there's a, the freshman quarterback is there's pandemonium in the huddle. And, and uh, the, the play comes in with uh, the receiver from the sidelines. And he says, slot left, dive left. And they're like, and there's some talking. My friend Greg, he says, shut up, slot right, dive right. He recalled it to my side. I got to carry the ball in for a touchdown. Or or the time that we tried to a triple shore start skiing on Kings River. You know, water skiing on a river, like it's never the same water twice. You gotta, if you don't make it, you're downstream. And so I've I'm with his sister and him. We're trying to triple shore start. Everybody's looking around, and I blew the shore start, and he let go. And so his dad was a you know tough guy. He just pulled the ropes in and skied his sister away. And Greg had to walk back from you know half a mile down the river. Anyway, he was that kind of guy. He was a sweet guy. That was the that was the unifying theme. I told these stories through tears. And as soon as I said that he was a sweet guy, and I knew everyone who knew him knew exact because he had a tough exterior. He'd been a cop and in the army and stuff, but everyone knew that knew him knew he was sweet. And as soon as I said that a sweet taste came into my mouth and I, you know, it's very moving. So these are the kinds of things, you know, energetically that I've been able to experience when I was sick, I was trying to still be the lobbyist. I was working from home quite a bit and the light kept flickering. And I asked my kids, my 
my ex-wife, do you guys notice the light flickering? I'm like, no. Ah, so I changed the bulbs, kept flickering. Changed the fixture, kept flickering. And, you know, it was, it was just someone from the other side letting me know that I needed to pay attention. And, you know, it turns out my ex was having an affair with my son's baseball coach in the middle of my cancer. And I, you know, so I just needed to pay attention because, you know, it was, it was a rough time for her. You know, we all deal with these things. When men in her family get sick, they die. And I'm like, I'm not dying. You know, so anyway, I got, same thing happened. Um, last year, I was living in a little flat downtown, real close to my office, I got a great little life. And the lights started flickering. I'm like, what's going on? And my landlord needed to uh, rent it to her daughter. So I had to move in the middle of a, a pandemic. Was, but I got a heads up, I got the flickering light. So it's just kind of interesting. But these days, um, I use that sensitivity now um, in the service of others. And that was that was part of my uh, my awakening. So the cancer, as I realized that it was a call to make changes and, and a message, tried, now I've just tried to understand what, what is the message? Because if illness and disease is a message and it comes in in form of a whisper, and if we don't listen, it becomes a, a yell. And if we don't hear the yell, we get reassigned, so to speak. And so, um, so I wanted to write, I wanted to call my first book, The Unwrapped Gift, because like my brother's death that woke me up, it, it was an unwrapped gift, the cancer really. But my publisher said, you know, Norm, cancer probably was a gift for you, but how long did it take you to figure that out? I'm like, yeah, it was, took me a while, right? So she said, you got to meet people where they are. So it became Take Charge of Your Cancer, The Seven Proven Steps to Healing and Recovery. And it's it's just, you know, through my story, I share that there are things you can do besides go where you're told and get a second opinion, like learn to meditate, change your diet, deepen your spirituality. Some really, you know, powerful things that you can do. Like, you, you, we feel helpless in this overly technological age with, you know, people with alphabet soup behind their name, you know, we feel it's easy to feel helpless. I mean, look at it. Look at what we're, people are dying right now because the television tells them to. There's mass hypnosis. You know, death counts are rising. Caseload is growing. The three things you need for a hypnotic modality are authority, a doctrine or paradigm, and you got to feel something. So how about doctors Fauci and Burks? Virology and epidemiology? Are people feeling something? There's a lot of fear. And fear. I'm feeling right? a tickle on my nose right now, but I, it's my allergies, I swear. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, allergies haven't gone away, but yeah. in front of mind is this upper respiratory disease, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not real. I'm just saying, you know, uh, just like the placebo effect where a sugar pill can make you well 30% of the time, we can make ourselves sick. There are studies that show that 75 to 77% of medical students uh, experience the symptoms of the diseases that they're studying when they're in medical school. It's called expectancy. So there's a lot of people, I'm seeing a lot of clients who are triggered. But, you know, the weirdest stuff, like the subconscious mind is so trippy. And it's, it's the dream world. 
And so oftentimes I have to sift through inference and metaphor and, you know, is it literal or is it inferential? Is this symbolic or, or you know? And so, you know, I, I follow the body of medicine, you know, psychosomatic medicine, which got a bad rap in the 70s. You know, oh, it's all in your head. Well, it is kind of in your head, right? So we have mm -hmm. powerful immune systems. And there's also a body of medicine called psychoneuroimmunology. There's a big department of it at UCLA. It's really just mind body. It's an east. It's a Western approach to Eastern uh, thought processes, right? So, um, if you follow Bruce Lipton and epigenetics, you, you can come to understand that we can modulate our neurochemistry and even our genetic expression. And so, uh, the power of the mind has been demonstrated by many. Many. Dr. Joe Dispenza, broken back, hit by a car racing his bike told he was crazy by his doctor friends for not having the surgery and healed himself through meditation and you know, mindset. So, um, so the power of the mind is, is incredible and it has the ability to heal us or make us super sick. And so, so some of the fun stuff I see one time, I had a 77 year old client who came in, wanted to quit smoking. I'm like, all right, come on in. I asked the usual questions. What brand, how many, how long? Um, what are your triggers? And he said, I, I have to tell you something. I'm like, okay, should I be sitting down? <laughs> and uh, I said, okay, go ahead. I'm just taking notes. You know. He said, I had an affair. And, you know, he loved his wife, but she just, they've been married for so, many, so long. And he just, and so he reconnected with this woman who he had, a relationship with in the seventies at a time where he was driving fast cars and drinking and, you know, having fun and smoking pot. And, and, you know, now he has this avalanche of all this chemistry that's associated with, you know, uh, memory and you don't remember the way it was. You remember how it made you feel. And so she was in Washington and he's in LA and they had a few trysts and he had his bags packed and told his wife that he was leaving and then he couldn't pull the trigger. And so she came down on him hard. She berated him, the girlfriend, and just excoriated him. And he fell apart. And now he's chain smoking. He's pacing. He's chain smoking. And so it really wasn't the cigarettes. It was how to process what he'd gotten himself, himself into. And I said, well, listen, buddy, you dodged a bullet. Imagine if you'd gone. <laughs> look, at the, look at what she turned out to be. And so I just helped him reframe, took him you know, on some journeys to, to reframe and the cigarettes fell away immediately after I helped him cope with the emotional state he'd been in. Um, there was a client one time, she came in on a Saturday after she'd been with her accountant during tax time and she was already overloaded. She was already almost in hypnosis when she got there. So I take her in, I start deepening her and she, she starts laughing, uncontrollably, hysterically laughing. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, what do I do with that, right? And uh, she's, through her laughter, she says, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Boyfriends have told me I, la I laugh in my sleep, but I never believed him <laughs> until my cousin told me that I did. And ha, 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 you know, so I'm like, it's okay. You need to laugh. Go ahead and laugh. And I'm thinking in my mind, what would Dr. Kappas do? He was the one who founded the school I went to. What would Dr. Kappas do? And, uh, and then it, I just realized 
the more you laugh, the deeper you go. And I used it to deepen her. And the more she laughed, the deeper into hypnosis she went. And I, we, and then it fell away and we were able to, to move on. But boy, that was, you know, it was funny and tense at the same time. So was the laughter like a cover for another emotion? Probably. Yeah. We use laughter to, to, to hide our true emotion, to, to escape from it. And it was kind of escape. And so she mm -hmm. would do it in sleep. And, um, and, you know, life is a contact sport and we get nicked up along the way. And if we don't process the emotions that are associated with those nicks, they become uh, programmatic uh, glitches or neuroses even, you know. So um, a lot of what I do is with every client, I, I go back to childhood. I do a review of their family structures. And you, I mean, you'd be surprised. So uh, recently I had a client came in and I asked her, um, you know, what's going on? And she said, well, I can't find center, balance. Like, well, I said, well, what does that mean exactly? Are you, are you anxious? Are you depressed? She said, yes, both. I've been diagnosed. I said, well, when was the diagnosis? She said 2000. I'm like, okay, for 20 years, you've been anxious and depressed. So I asked her, you know, what do you do? She said, well, I'm retired from the army. I spent 28, 20 years in the army. I said, well, how was that? So I never could, I never felt like I could get it right. I always felt like I was doing it wrong. And I said, well, gosh, well, I was a Marine. And as long as my boots were polished and my brass would shine and my hair was cut, I was pretty good. <laughs> you know, I was in, I was pretty good. And she said, well, it's different. And I said, well, I'm not so sure, but all right. So that was your army experience. I said, was your command like that? Did they come down on you like that? She said, no, I, I did it to myself. I said, oh, okay. So, um, so I said, uh, how about you? Childhood, how, your upbringing, your mom, she's still alive, yeah. Dad, yeah, I don't know my dad, but uh, but it turns out she was raised, uh, her and her sister, by her mom. And her mom worked three jobs to send her to Catholic school, and she could never do anything right. She was always waiting for the shoe to drop. Her mom was controlling and, um, uh, you know, very, very, very stern. And so, I, so okay, now I'm seeing the pattern. I said, well, tell me, are you married? Yes. How about your husband? Well, uh, he's, you know, I can never do anything right. So I said, so after some questioning, I'm like, you know, you married your mom. She's like, you. I'm like, the army too. I mean, listen, look at these three examples. They're all the same. It's all about your mom and your, your relationship with your mom. And so what we're going to need to do is some radical forgiveness, some inner child, go back and resolve some of these things that are unresolved and it will set you free. Um, but she, and she was amazed. She goes, how come I couldn't see that? I said, well, you're too close. Like, it's not like you're super easy to figure out. It's just, I see a lot of people every day and, and, and these are some, some common themes or, or the young woman who um, came at her psychologist, rec referred her because she's biting her nails and fingers and can't leave them alone. And so I'm, okay, uh, what was going on in your life when this started? She said, well, my dad got sick. I said, were you close to your dad? No. I said, oh, okay, tell, tell me about that. Well, he didn't go to her sporting events and her events and 
he traveled and and when he got disabled he kind of isolated and drank a lot and, and it was uh but so i said well what else was going on well she was diagnosed with narcolepsy and started nursing school so i said okay well you had a lot going on six years ago a lot of reasons to be nervous and so this is a kind of a nervous behavior but the the first thing you went to was your dad and so when you realized he was sick he gave you the opportunity to be empathetic and the prospect of love between you and him that you never had before and so that's why it persists because you've associated it with your dad and in that moment you felt something for the first time and so the nervousness is i mean the you know the stuff that was going on is what started it but it persists because it's associated to, with your dad and um you, you know what i mean there's like i think of another one uh a young woman stuttered and i'd had an older man in his 70s who stuttered and i helped him in three months he went without stuttering but his whole identity like he wasn't himself so he went back to stuttering and was okay with it and i felt bad because he spent the money on it but it was his choice and uh so i asked this young woman are you you want to give it up are you ready she said oh yeah i'm ready so uh you know when did it start and, and whatnot and so she was i'm like what's going on in your life she said well my brother was just back from the usc and my mom and i got in a fight with him and well, tell me about your brother well he was a golden boy he's you know off to usc now playing sports at usc and and uh and you know the kind of person who sucks the oxygen out of any room when then whenever he walks in and so it um it turned out that this is how she got attention right the golden boy got all the attention and she was the 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 afterthought the baby the accident that came along later and you know so she so as soon as i made you know associated that with with her and she realized what was going on and she decided that she was ready to give it up and he's gone and off to college like she walked away from it with, and very easily but you know these are uh these are mild compared to some uh a lot of times people will somatize their emotional pain if if they if there's no outlet like you know i you know, if you if you study CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy at all, and and you realize that a lot of times it's very helpful to connect in people's minds their ability to control their thoughts, and which will help them control their feelings, which will help them control their behavior, and you just kind of do that little triangle and make them aware of it. Um, it's very helpful. But I also do the old exercise like do not think of a white elephant. Absolutely, do not under no circumstances should you see a big white elephant in your mind right now. <laughs> Anything that anybody says, because I'm very clairvoyant. I if there's a pictures already there, I can't stop it. I know, right? <laughs> and you know what? You don't even have to be in touch with your gifts like you are to to be able to do that. And immediately, and I said, well, okay, all right, stop now. Don't think of a pink panther. And immediately, so I said, see how easy. What is a thought? <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit. Of, it's a bit of energy between your ears and a snapshot in time. So, see how quickly you changed your thought at my suggestion. And then they begin, oh, and I say, okay, well now, now that you know you can change your thoughts, when you change your thought, 
it's then you the feeling will follow and once the feeling has been changed then you move it into behavior and that's super helpful for people um because we there are a lot of people today are surrendering their power to external forces people places and things outside of themselves he said she did the government the doctor the rona and they they leaking their power everywhere and we are power and you know we are powerful beings we're powerful manifestors we are an internal soul here on a on a brief bag of bones mission to learn about the density of emotion and learn soul lessons yeah that's that's the real epidemic is giving your power away allowing people to trigger you to anger you you know that's giving your power away folks totally cuz guess what the person who's triggering you probably one knows what they're doing if not two getting off on it subconsciously and feeding into your energy field and that's why i love um energy work and energy healing cuz you start looking at everything as energy and you start realizing this is my energy i'm going to protect it and i'm not going to allow someone to come in and try to take my energy cuz they like it oh there are energy vampires all around us and some of them do it for sport you know um mm -hmm. totally some of, it, some of it are unconscious about doing it they just learned that they can manipulate by by shaping your energy they have a strong energetic presence and they like they'll tweak you a little bit and see if they can um money is energy um you know i'm really disturbed by the whole social distancing thing because 6 feet is where my heart energy picks up your heart energy i feel you within a 6 foot radius i mean there are studies and if you listen mm -hmm. to again uh jock dr joe and uh greg braden uh you know they're doing some work on we we're, we're electricity and we're water and and we we feel each other and so you know one of the biggest things i give everyone who walks through my door whether they move past the consultation or not is the ability to a couple of things i share with them the uh dr victor frankel space between action and reaction between stimulus and response is where your power lies because you get to decide what kind of human being you're going to show up as if you react with diarrhea of the mouth or in other reactionary form to someone's trigger then you have just leaked your power away but if instead you say i'm going to come from a loving place i'm not going to react to that i'm going to be who i choose to be then you retain your power and then closely related to that is the course in miracles the readers digest version of the course in miracles is love is your birthright it resides in your heart space and it's opposite is fear and so i teach people to grab an icon a picture an image of of anything that will immediately bring the word love to your mind right it could be a heart or a rose or jesus or a peace sign whatever your picture of your little kids or your dog your puppy your kitty whatever whatever will help you go immediately to the word love like that keep that picture in your hip pocket and throughout the day if you're feeling fearful just bring that picture into your heart space and send love out outward and 
and do regular check-ins. Am I coming from a place of love or fear? And because fear be makes you suggestible and easy to manipulate and, you know, it sells. Also, so, if you're an empath, it's important to ask yourself, is this coming from me or is it coming from outside of me? And that's how you become a conscious empath. You start realizing that not everything is coming from you and that you don't have to absorb or take on other energies or emotions around you. Grounding and clearing is super important. I used to feel people and I, I could know what they were thinking and feeling and I, and I didn't know what to do with it. And it, it would scare them. And immediately conflict, especially men, you know, like I read them like a book and headed them off at the pass. <laughs> and they're like, hey, what's going on there? You know, and all of a sudden now I'm in conflict. I, I just, just be a me, you know what I mean? So I had to learn to use, I had to learn to use it because I would make a joke and it would cut right to the bone. And, uh, you know, people don't like that. So I like, like the, these are powers, these are gifts and we have to learn to use them. I have to ground and clear. I, 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 if you saw my office, I've got crystals, I, I got, you know, I've got some shaman stones, I've got hematite, I've got apophyllite, I've got, I've got um, uh, shungite, I've got, you know, black tourmaline, uh, I, labradorite, I got. Um, so, all which all seems a little woo if you don't understand that energetic field, right? Lots of quartz. Um, and, and that's okay. Not everybody needs to understand. The, the other thing is for those who are ready to hear the message, and this is going to be my third book uh, called The Compass, it's, you know, understanding where we are in the cosmological chronology and moving from the epic of Pisces into Aquarius. And it's not just a song from the 60s. It's and, you know, many of us thought it was going to be unicorns and rainbows, and it's really the subduction zone of, of plate tectonics because, you know, the third dimension and, and the fear and conflict and duality that has populated the third dimension wants to drag us back into that fearful state. And we're hopping through the fourth dimension of time and into the fifth dimension of energy as we move from Newtonian mechanics into the quantum field of energy. And instead of it's a feminine it's a very feminine energy and men need to understand that not to be effeminate but to understand that we all have yin and yang and we we need to find that balance even women you know look at the women politicians that are prominent they try and outman the men uh women really need to understand their gifts and their powers of their feminine archetype the goddess archetype is emerging and the matriarchy is will unfold very soon. Um, and, and so what are the characteristics of that? Uh, creativity, compassion, uh, um, uh, cooperation, intuition. We need to learn our second brain and how to lean into those gut feelings, all of us. Because we've, we've got all these electronics that have replaced our senses. And, um, and so we need to return to the, the gifts of our sentient uh, awareness.
So when you got diagnosed with cancer, um, I assume that was a while ago. 2011. Yeah. So you've had time to reflect and we were talking about connecting the dots. What do you think caused that illness for you? I was not living my soul's purpose. I, um, you know, I was in a marriage where it had deteriorated and I loved my children. And so I wasn't going to go anywhere, but I was sad. And, um, you know, I was, I taxed my adrenal glands beyond, you know, cause the stress was 2008, you know, I went from making 500,000 a year to 300,000 a year. And that sounds like a quality problem, but when $200,000 a year disappears, there's some, there's some real problems. And, um, and it created big stress and, you know, um, and that's that stress i used to i used to think that i thrived on it and couldn't be further from the truth that um that stress will kill you and so the thyroid is the whole you know the adrenal <laughs> this is the gatekeeper the the keeper of your uh metabolism and everything i was playing i was i was being a lobbyist all day and I played ice hockey at night on a men's team. They, they don't let the men on the ice until after all the figure skaters are done. And so we play at 11, 12 o'clock at night and, and just go hundred miles an hour with my hair on fire, racing mountain bikes, broke bones, doing extreme sports. And um, just, you know, it was too much. Right. And Sounds exhausting. <laughs> it was exhausting. It was exhausting and it, it exhausted me. And so, and so on that, on that pace, I would have died. And instead, yeah. Instead, I listened. It, not at first. Well, I had the first time I went to a cocktail party for a client board meeting right after the, the, the radiation and I had two martinis like I, I couldn't. It was it was bad. So I, I've stopped drinking and I, I eat really well. I drink juice and, you know, I, I so I so guess what? Guess what happened? As I, as I began to care for my body, my gifts. So I had, I had a client in uh, the other day and she's grieving the loss of her parents. And I, I just got a tap on the shoulder. I said, she's here and she's very proud of you. And she was skeptical and she had brought her husband and they're all just trying to figure out if I'm for real or not. I said, I just, I'm like, that's all I'm getting right now. And I'm not going to press it. And I'm not going to BS you. I just, I feel her. She's here and she says she's proud of you. So on the way home that night, I'm driving along and listening to a little house music. Boom. Roberta. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so when she came in the next week, I said, does the name Roberta mean anything? Well, I got a client, but she's alive. I'm like, and no family and family or anything close like it's rada her mom's name was rada and everybody got it wrong i'm like well she gave it to me wrong so that you knew it was her and that, that made sense to them you know what i mean 
Mm-hmm. Roberta, it came through as Roberta to me, but it was Rada, but everyone got her name wrong. So of course I did. Anyway, you know what I mean? It's like, I get goosebumps. My, so, so I was doing, uh, here's a fun one. I was doing psychic development. So when I first left the lobbying, walked away from, you know, gave a couple of clients to my ex and the house and he was walked away, go ahead, do. And I moved to LA and connected with a girl I dated for like 10 minutes in high school. She was uh, in the legal department at the Screen Actors Guild. And, and so I'm down there and I took a job. I took a job uh, as an executive director of a trade association, which was kind of like what I was doing before, you know, legal and, and uh, stuff like that. And so it lasted a year. And I did everything they wanted and I started to work on their ethics and that's that got a little too close to home for them. So one morning at right at my re- contract renewal, I walked out of the house on my way to the office and the winch on my Jeep went, <laughs> it operated. Now I installed the winch and the electrical is on the accessory phase of the ignition, which means the key has to be in and turned on. There's no one in the Jeep, the key's not in it and the winch operated. So, uh, so I get to the office and my contract's not renewed. And I'm like, okay, I'm not sure how I would have anticipated that that meant that, but at least I get these signs right before big things happen. So I went and I saw a psychic and she's trying to figure out you know, what's next. And she gave me some, some great stuff. And then I started following her and I did a psychic development class with her. And so we were doing this exercise. Um, uh, well, w- one week she had us visualize Venice Beach, which I'd never been there. And, uh, and so I saw this concrete storm, uh, like a ri- you know, river with the overpass and there was a clown, <laughs> this clown under it. And she goes, that, they're not friendly to mine. She's like, I'm, I'm not going near them. I'm just telling you what I saw. And so then uh, the next week she's, uh, she said, okay, my roommate and I have a Airbnb and we had a guest this weekend who I'm not sure if she had some mental health issues or something, we had to ask her to leave. So everybody just take 10 minutes and tune in and see what you get. So there's 10 of us from all over the country on the phone on this psychic development class. And so I sit and I'm, I just close my eyes and I rest with it for a minute. And uh, I, don't, I don't get anything. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm, I'm not gonna beat myself up. I just wish I'd have gotten something. So we, we come back and she takes people in alphabetical order and I'm about the fourth person to go. And she goes, Norm. And I'm about to say I'm a fraud and I didn't get anything. And I'm, I'm, boom. I'm like, okay. So there, someone said a rabbit under the house. It was all kinds of, crazy stuff right and I said I'm gonna I got something very different than everybody else and I'm just gonna honor what I got um I got an old woman who kind of looked like uh Dr. Ruth and she that was her house she lived in that house her whole adult life she raised her family there her husband passed and she lived the last few years of her life alone in that house that was her house and she did not like that woman and she made it abundantly clear to her that she didn't like her. And Laura said, ah, that's Adam's grandma. And it's just like you said. <laughs> and I'm like, 
but see what the, that, that was ego. And I, you gotta be super careful because I, like I was all excited. Look at, look at me, look how psychic I am. But grandma wasn't done with me. So I was all pleased and that was so cool. And it just gave me, it was like, it was like a good golf shot. Keeps you coming back to play the game, right? <laughs> One good golf shot is all it takes to make you want to keep playing golf. So, so we hang up and all of a sudden I'm compelled. I go in my girlfriend's closet and pull out a cowboy boot. And the high top has got some orange and turquoise stitching. I get in my car and I go to this vintage dress shop on Magnolia in Burbank. I don't know where I'm going. Like, I just go to this vintage dress shop on Magnolia and Burbank and I go in and the girl's like, can I help you? Like, I want to get a dress that goes with this. She goes, okay. So she takes me over to these, you know, vintage, they're, they're knockoffs, you know, they're, they're, they're modern. I'm like, no, no, no. I went over to this rack of real ones that are kind of consignment or I, I'm not sure, but I'm like, shh, shh, shh. And I held it up to the boot and I bought this $110 dress for my girlfriend. Grandma took me shopping. She lived there in Burbank. She shopped at that. Like I, I was, I didn't know where that came from. My girlfriend was pleasantly surprised. It was a, like a, a sundress that went great with the boots. But um, so that was, that was super interesting. I, so was she talking to you during that time or she was just urging was you on with feelings? It was just a knowing. Yeah. Just, I just, um, it was just a knowing that, um, you know, sometimes I'll be talking to someone and I'm, I'm urged to give them a crystal. Oh yeah. I've done that too. And I don't want to give it. But I like that one. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I had a client. She is of Native American descent. And um, she blessed me during the session, like a couple of times. It was so beautiful. And then I had my favorite turquoise bracelet on that I've had for at least probably 10 years. And I heard a voice in my head said, give her the bracelet. <laughs> And I ignored it. I kept talking. She kept talking. And then I heard it again. Give her the bracelet. And so I took off the bracelet and I said, they're telling me to give it to you. Here you go. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So you don't know why or what, but just do it. It's, it's accept and allow. I used to right. rack my brain about what it meant and why and whatnot. One time I was getting massage at the end of which, you know, the, the woman went and got uh, some water and she came back and I'm like, your daughter's gonna be okay. And she broke down crying and left. And I, I just, I'm not, I think they were tears of joy. I don't know. I don't know so anything about with your abilities. Can you turn it on and off? Practiced. Um, I just with the mom, I really wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to do that. With I 
I cared for my mom and dad both. They weren't together for many years, but had a stroke within a year of each other and died within a year of each other. And the universe put me to first to care for my mom and then for my dad. And I feel so blessed that I was able to fulfill that soul's purpose. Uh, you know, that contract that they brought me in and I, I helped them transition out. And so I held my mom's hand at 1.11 a.m. when she took her last breath. And um, all the grandchildren came because she was in hospice and it was about seven, eight days. And I did, I did a little seance and we all held hands around the table and I called our ancestors and asked them to greet her and help her transition. And it freaked my, my nieces. I was going to say, how were the grandchildren with this? <laughs> I mean, they were adult women, you know, young women mm -hmm. in their twenties, uh, mm -hmm. but, but um, it was a little freaky to them, but I just like, when, you know, you just do, um, you know, it's right. I've learned that when I get it, share it and don't overshare just what they give you, share it. Right. it, it I'm a vessel it has nothing to do with me. I'm a vessel and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that for whatever reason I'm, I've been chosen, you know, and as I study shamanism, you know, there's the, there's the shamanic healing crisis, right? And so my cancer is what opened me up. I, I've always, I told you, we started with the story about the Creek and the Native American energy. And there's a medicine man in that area, I know. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, uh, so I've always been sensitive, but I didn't know what to do with it. And now I'm still not quite sure what to do with it, except that um, I, I share it when I get it. Yeah, and in my case, I can turn it off. And um, you're talking about that six foot buffer zone. I, I can push my energy field farther than that. I mean, I don't even have a measure for it, but then I can pull it in. So I'm on Publix, it's right here. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Don't care, don't know gonna buy my milk and get out of here <laughs> right yeah we need those moments yeah but um you know the love in your heart space so the grounding and clearing and protecting yourself is really really hard because you can get residues and cords and all kinds of stuff that people that was energy vampires and whatnot and so love in your heart space and compassion is really really important i remember taking my kids to um universal studios the last weekend of the summer they were uh, early teens and um, they know when I dropped a bundle at the gate to get in, uh, you're going to get every penny out of this. We're gonna, I open up the map like a Marine and we route ourselves to everything that they wanna do so we can efficiently hit everything. And so we fold up the map and we start to go and there's in front of us, there's people of every size, shape, color, head guard on their phone, standing in the walkway and I'm just like, I love them all. They're little drops of God. And I love them all. And as soon as I went from that to that, it parted. It parted and it opened up and we ran through it and we never looked back. So I remember uh, the psychic Laura that I was studying under. She helped me learn about the archangels. 
And so I was in this transition trying to figure out what to do before I was, I was led to this school of hypnotherapy. I was led here. So um, uh, I had gone to a Hay House, you can do it conference in Pasadena. And I saw, I just read Wayne Dyer's Power of Intention. I saw Wayne speak and Carolyn Meese. I'd read Anatomy of the Spirit and I saw her speak and Dr. Joe and Greg Braden and Brian Weiss. And, um, and so uh, I wrote a letter to Archangel Michael. Dear Archangel Michael, I have mad skills. People have paid me millions of dollars. I wanna put them into the service of others, real people instead of corporations and politicians. I wanna help people, I wanna be in service to others. Please give me some guidance as to the right path. Signed it, took it in the backyard, lit it on fire. Came back in, went down the hall into my room, closed the door and sat and did Japa meditation for 20 minutes. Am namo narayana, am namo narayana, am namo narayana, am namo narayana, am namo narayana. 20 minutes. My chest was just resonating because it hums. I felt it in my head when you said it. <laughs> right in here it's a very powerful um and so then at the end of the 20 minutes you do a cool down you sit quiet and still and um and so as i'm quiet and still i sense the most powerful energetic presence i've ever came down the hall through the closed door and stood right next to me and i'm like I'm afraid to open my eyes. And then I was made to understand there was nothing to be afraid of and just admire the power. And then it was gone. Yeah. And I called Laura. I'm like, Laura, what, what was it? What? She said, you wrote a letter to Archangel Michael and then you did Japa meditation and you don't know who it was. Yeah. But when you have those kind of experiences, you want to live in that. You want to, you want to be that you want to, but you can't, you can't, it's, you get measured doses of it and you apply it where you can't steer it. When you try and steer and white knuckle it, it, it runs away from you. Yeah. You just got to allow, allow, allow it, allow it to come and then allow it to go. I know, but see, I, the analyst in me wants to understand it wants to capture it, utilize it, be efficient in its usage. <laughs> that's not, that's a very, that's a very masculine. Yeah, it is very masculine, very yeah. controlling too. Control. See what I yeah. mean? And, and I gotta let, I gotta let that go and lean that, in. That divine feminine is all about allowing, receiving. Process, not goal. In and out. You know, just not holding on to anything, just flow. It's just flow. Well, yeah. yeah. So tell our listeners, um, why would they need hypnotherapy? What would be some good reasons to come and receive hypnotherapy? Well, back to something I said earlier, life is a contact sport and we get nicked up along the way. And if we don't process these, the emotions that are associated with those nicks, we can have, um, our programming can be affected. And so um, oftentimes people come to me as the last resort, they've tried everything else. 
uh, you know, one of the problems is uh, we've been conditioned to have our employer pay for our healthcare. And so paying for your healthcare is kind of, uh, it's, it's outside most people's uh, experience, but, uh, but so, so let's, so why would someone come? If you unwittingly connected to your father through this uh, practice of chewing on your fingers and you don't know it's because it's, it's associated with your father and all you know is that you're biting your fingers until they bleed and your psychologist can't help you, look to your subconscious mind. I had a client, he's in his seventies and um, he's still active with his wife, but he takes a pill to do so, but it, you can't take that pill and the blood thinner at the same time. And so what they said was, if you give blood, it will thin your blood sufficiently that you can take that other pill and have relations. But he got to the blood, you know, he had procedures and everything else, but going to give blood, he got there and waited and ran and couldn't do it and ran away and his experienced anxiety and heart palpitations. And so we did a deep regression and took him back to the time before he was less than two years old and he was in the car with his mom in the forties and his uncle had died and he heard his mom say, don't ever give blood. And when he was able to release that, he was able to go and give the blood. He, he reported back to me that it all went well and he was fine. And so, um, so we have these subconscious and unconscious associations that we absolutely cannot break consciously. You know, a smoker can read the package of cigarettes where the Surgeon General says that smoking these things are going to kill you and still pull the cigarette out, light it up and smoke it down. So the conscious mind, which is analysis, reason, logic, willpower, decision making that we think is in control is not. It's the tip of the iceberg. And that iceberg is that part of the mind that keeps your temperature 98.6 makes it so that you don't have to learn how to ride a bike or shift a car over and over and over again. And it's difficult to change without help. So Dr. Joe will tell you, why does it take an illness, a breakup, a job loss to change? Why can't we make change on our own? He'll say, you know, if I ask you, why do you do that? And you say, well, 20 years ago, this happened. But memory is unreliable. You don't remember what happened. What you remember is how it made you feel. As you would recount the details incorrectly. So now you're living a predictable future based on an unreliable past that's robbing you of your precious present moment. And so what I do with hypnotherapy is take you back to the past. We can't, we can't change what happened. We can help you change how you feel about it. Yes. I get a lot of women come in for weight loss and it's really the abuse of a family member that they're carrying this last 10 pounds as a layer of emotional protection from the outside world. Um, you know what I mean? So it's, and you know, you really need to see someone who's skilled because a lot of practitioners, irrespective of the modality are likely to address your symptoms. You, and unless you find a practitioner who understands the need to go for and the ability to often uh, find cause, it's gonna be a Band-Aid. So this is why I was led here. My analytical mind, the, you know, the training in politics and 
public policy and all of everything has led me to this place right now. So I've sat across tables and negotiated hundred million dollar deals. Um, you can't BS me. Uh, you know, you know what I mean? And so I, I'm not poor. By the way, listeners, you can't be as an empath. Not going to happen. Because <laughs> your energy gives you away. <laughs> right? And, yeah, you know it's, what? it's everything. Like I look at the body language. I look at the the energy. I feel into it. You know, this but feel in, right? There's something off here? Right. Incongruence. Is, is, yeah. <laughs> you can feel and see. But in their defense, sometimes they're not conscious of it. They, they've sold themselves on the rationalization, right? Yeah. And so- Or have, they have that mask. They know that somewhat consciously or subconsciously, they have a mask on. And here comes little old empath. Oh no. He knows that I'm faking it. And I'm going to react really badly now because I don't want- my cover to be blown well that's right the shadow um, <laughs> if, they're, if they're not willing to face their shadow and you show it to them if you hold a mirror up to them and they see the shadow reflected back to them sometimes they'll lash out yeah but it's okay i i'm i'm a strong enough i'm a strong enough personality that i just meet them with love uh but so you know what i mean i'm not for everybody because i will call you on your shit but not in a loving compassionate way and so do you, so you talked about going into childhood what if this patterning might have come from your ancestors do you go there yeah i do past life regression okay um and i've had clients come to me and say can you do past life regression because you know I'm, i just I don't remember anything i said well let's regress you in this life first and see if we can find something and most of the time i do I've done my own past life regression, QHHT, and a fantastic provider, Cindy Kim in Oakland. Um, and wow, you know, I regressed all the way back to my origin. I was a crystal on a planet far away. And I just, my job was just to radiate love. You, oh, you, you knew my job was to radiate love, like, a, like the old transistor, like television tube, you know, I yeah. just broadcast love well no wonder you love crystals i love crystals it made yeah. so sense, so much sense yeah. right so and were I, you I, were you trained in qhht and for the listeners it's like a type of hypnotherapy regression created by dolores cannon who wrote amazing books 40 on, more yeah we want to read mind-bending books this is going to really challenge you in a really good way. I highly recommend her books. Totally. Um, the New Earth, um, The Volunteers. Uh, you know, like I've read, I, I'm not trained. I've read three of her books, mm -hmm. um, but I don't practice QHHT, but I did go experience it for myself because mm -hmm. I wanted to get at the origins of what was going on and, um, and understand what my purpose was. You see, you can read Eckhart Tolle's Awakening to Your Essential Purpose and still not figure it out. And uh, and so, so well, that was very I think, helpful. I think it's a process too. I think it changes. And I think if you always go with your feeling, you're not gonna go wrong. And 
you know, in this air metaphysical area, you could, there's all sorts of things you could have fun with, you know, there's past life regression, there's meditation, oh. there's tarot, there's energy healing, but it doesn't mean they're going to like all of it or want to do all of it. I read, tarot. I read tarot. I studied tarot under a psychologist who's written six books on psychology and tarot. So I use a deck that's only major arcana and very closely tied mm -hmm. to Jungian archetypes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I do readings for clients and it really, it, it's a really great augmentation to the, the work I'm doing because it's a, it's a window into our subconscious and the archetypes that we are preloaded with. The Human Givens Project in England, they argue that you're in, in vitro, you're in REM and you're getting a download from mom on the, the, the unconscious, the human collective conscious. So it's very powerful. Yeah, tarot's fun. So something you mentioned earlier, I wanted to uh, bring up again, but you, you said you can't change the past, you can change how you feel about the past. Uh, in Reiki level two, you can send Reiki to an event in the past and you can help change and help heal everybody who was connected to that event. Wow. So parallel cool. healing, but from a different approach, but same concept. I, I love it. So if you, I'm, I'm fascinated by quantum physics and the, the, you know, we have had a spiritual awakening on, on the part of many scientists because they, they begin to, their experiments have showed them that there's something larger than us. You know, the observer effect, when they, when they tried to experiment to see if matter like light had a dual nature, when they experimented to see if it was, uh, a particle that acted like a particle when it, and a wave it acted like a wave giving rise to what they call the observer effect and you know many physicists now talk about the goldilocks effect if the moon wasn't exactly where the moon was the tides and the effect of the moon on the earth if the sun wasn't exactly where the sun is relative to the earth we wouldn't have life if the asteroid if jupiter wasn't there and its gravity uh sufficient to hold the asteroid belt it, so this porridge was too hot, this porridge is too cold, this porridge is just right. So the Goldilocks effect is bringing many scientists away from their agnostic past and to understand that there's something larger than us in the cosmos. And uh, I, I love that. So with respect to string theory and quantum physics, time is nonlinear. You can bend back. So it doesn't surprise me that that within Reiki, there's that ability because there are, we live in a multiverse and time bends. And so, um, so I believe that that is, but from, from where I practice, I can't help people change what happened in the past, but what I can do is help them change how they feel about it. So, so you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. um, recognizing that perhaps uh, it is possible I work within my ability to help people change how they feel.
And another approach too that I've used myself and with others is redo what happened. If you don't look right, if you don't like what happened, redo the event so it came out better. Why not? Well, we do that. We do that anyway. Um, memory is there's rank sentimentality associated with you know the the, the bad the good times seem just a little better and the bad times not so bad. Mm-hmm. It's a human characteristic. Mm-hmm. I did that once with a past life memory, and I didn't like the way it went, and so I meditated back to that other a little girl that I was. And I became her guide and I guided her out of the situation. Wow. Very cool. <laughs> that is awesome. So why not? You know, if yeah. it's going to heal you, if it's going to heal you interdimensionally, this lifetime, childhood, another lifetime, why not? Worth a try. Makes you feel better. Makes you feel like you have some control over what happened. It didn't just happen to you. So. Well, I want to thank you, Norman, so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And let our listeners know how to contact you if they'd like to work with you or learn more about you. Yeah. So I'm on social media, Norman Plotkin, CHD on IG, Norman Plotkin, Inc. on Facebook. My website is normanplotkin.com, N-O-R-M-A-N-P-L-O-T-K-I-N.com. Uh, my whole story is on there. I've got two books. I've got uh, Take Charge of Your Cancer, The Seven Proven Steps to Healing and Recovery, and Mastermind, Master Life, which is an introduction to hypnosis and hypnotherapy, the history, the, what science says, and how you can apply it in your life. And my book coming out in the fall is called The Compass, and it's about um, it's about navigating into the fifth dimension, about uh, being in touch with your feminine and the age of Aquarius. So um always uh wave consultations i do it by in person by phone or by zoom i've done hypnotherapy with people all over the world using zoom and it's more popular now than ever which is super cool so um i love what i do i found my soul's purpose and i love connecting with wonderful people like you okay thank you so much norman for being on the show thank you Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneyclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook and like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.